0: Welcome to the Primate Talk Podcast. Here we have nuanced interactions with interesting folks, undertaking unconventional endeavors, and see the world through eyes that are not just our own. In the 7th episode of the Primate Talk podcast, we went beyond our friend circle and had a talk with Khaja Muhammad Omar, a freelance fitness trainer and nutrition consultant from the city of Hyderabad. Born in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, Omar spent a chunk of his life in the Middle East before coming back to India. Before onboarding fitness training as a career path, Omar worked as an Android developer and a software engineer with various IT and banking firms. Ticks all the conventional checkboxes, right? Wait for it. Eventually finding out that the work he was doing didn't create a tangible impact in his or anyone else's life, Umar decided to call it quits. He discovered his calling in fitness training and acquired a level 2 certification in CrossFit from CrossFit Inclusive. After a brief stint with X60 CrossFit, Umar decided to get into freelance training and has designed his own program around fitness and nutrition which caters to people with varying fitness needs. Some of his clients also include doctors, IT folks and the like. You can check out his YouTube channel Moving Umar where he posts home workouts to help people get stronger, healthier and happier. Personally talking with Umar for the first time last week, I could sense an air of curiosity and an unbridled energy about him. For anyone out there who feels stuck with something they aren't passionate about, Umar has a humble advice to ask yourself this question. What would you do with your time? If you had all the money in the world, and you were smart enough to succeed at anything. I'll let that thought linger on. Omar is also a plantsman and loves nurturing plants. Besides, he also loves working a good brew. Interesting, isn't it? So please, tune into this conversation to know more about fitness from this young and talented gentleman, Muhammad Omar. We're finally on. Welcome, Omar. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Arunati. It's a pleasure. This is my first podcast so let's see how
0: this goes. And this is our first podcast outside our social circle like you're the first person that we expanded to outside our social circle because we until now we were only talking to people in our circle and eventually there was gonna be a point where we were gonna run out of people in our own circle so (laughs) yes good start good start with uh, you. Anyway so i After a lot of struggle, we are finally here after a lot of audio struggles and all of those issues. Yes, (laughs) right. So, Omar, uh, it's really good to have you here and your journey is something that I'm particularly very interested to know about. So let's jump right in. So, okay, let's start with, you know, your transition, your career transition from being a software developer, when you jump started your, you know, your career as a software developer slash engineer with uh, HSBC Global Banking, there was another firm, I, the name currently eludes me, and then Del. you were yeah, Dell, yes, yes, Dell. Yeah. so I'm really curious to know how a person goes from being or having a very secure job or, you know, something that people aspire for, they want to be software engineers and they want to be in, the, they want to be in a safe job, how you go from being that to a fitness uh, trainer to a nutrition consultant and all of that so let's let's just uh, get into that a bit
1: so i feel um, everyone has this moment in their life uh, with whatever whatever career they're in currently and they, they always have this thing in their mind which always like uh, nags them constantly if asking themselves, what if they were doing something else? What if they were doing something they actually enjoy? And because of the responsibilities, because of the money that they're making and the security aspect of it, they never take a decision for themselves or they never make that change. For me, uh, I think when I landed that job as a software developer in HSBC, I... um, I wasn't in the mindset of working. I always wanted to do my master's outside. So yeah. that, so the, the job was mostly like a, a placeholder till like I get that masters. And unfortunately or fortunately, I did not get my master's visa for so I wanted to try uh, going to the US, but that didn't work out. That led me questioning a lot of things. I wanted to ask myself if this is this really, what i want to do and then after two years into it i had a uh, point in my life where i thought that if i don't take a decision right now i'm not going to be able to take one later on because once you're in in it after like three to four years you're pretty deep into the That's IT um, hub you know and so after two years i decided to just quit randomly uh, spoke to my parents about it they were okay with it they were kind of confused but they had a little bit of trust in me to let me take a decision on my own and I quit my job abruptly and I had a break in between where I had like three months of just time to just think about what I wanted to do and in that time I like I mentioned earlier um, I started working for Dell sales this was a very different shift of job what I from what I was used to I was basically coding and then suddenly I started sales and this was Mm -hmm. a graveyard shift so Mm -hmm. Even cracking the interview was funny because that guy was completely uh, confused about why I wanted to switch my job. But the only reason I wanted to do that was to get some exposure in sales. I had no clue what I wanted to do still. I knew that I had some interest in fitness because I played basketball in college. So I was fit. And after working for two years for HSBC, I realized that my physique started changing in just two years. It was uh surprising because I've never had a physique like that I was always lean I was always athletic and then two years of having that nine to five job kind of like and it's not nine to five it's nine to six more nine to seven sometimes and yeah so that was that turning point in my life where I wanted to like do something about it and um, after even working for Dell for three months I realized that that was the point where I knew for sure that I did not want to work for someone in a cubicle so that is when I quit from Dell as well. And then I started working on my fitness and that is how it started. I started training myself, learning, and then that kind of like shift, that, that's the whole shift that happened.
0: So, okay, you you quit your job. You, uh, you have three months or four months uh, to think about you know, what you want to do. And you start you start with fitness, you, you see that your body has changed completely with the kind of shift and the kind of, uh, you know, work schedule that you had. Yeah. Now, taking a leap or, you know, what prompted you to be like, I want to be a fitness trainer, because getting into fitness is a different thing, being fit, changing yourself, but then being like, okay, I, I, out of 100 options, I want to be a fitness trainer. What what led you to that? Was there a trigger trigger point or anything that oh, yeah, uh, led you to take so this decision?
1: During the time when I was completely free, what I used to do was I enrolled myself at this gym. It was a conventional gym. There were no trainers over there. Uh, and I started training. I started working out all the routines that I used to do back in college. I would do cal- calisthenics, like mostly body weight training. <laughs> nothing to do with weights and I I don't know who um, and from where I got this habit of listening to podcasts from but I started listening to Gary Vaynerchuk Uh, Yeah. yeah so I was listening to his podcast kind of motivated me into doing stuff out of the box and there was one episode where he talks about if you have a if you have a passion for something you have to find someone who is the best in the city where you stay in or some if you don't live in a city where there are people like that find a place where the best are there and become their right hand like literally go there work for them for free tell them how you can help them out and just that is what led me uh, to like that. That so that this is what I did. The next thing after listening to the podcast, I googled top gyms in Hyderabad, mm-hmm. and the first two the first two were Gold's Gym and X60 CrossFit. I reached out to both of them on Instagram, sent them an email, and Gold's Gym being like a more conventional gym and like a chain, they didn't respond. Mm-hmm. But X60 CrossFit, the owner of X60 CrossFit, Rishikesh, uh, responded. He said, "Please come over, let's have a chat," and the guy, so Rishi is like a very uh, different, uh, he has a different mindset. So even though he knew that I did not have the experience, I did not have the knowledge to be a trainer. He was like, I want you to show up every day for the next three days, just observe. So CrossFit is a functional training, pro- like a, a gym where we they do group sessions. You have like 10, 15 people in a group and there's a coach who takes a session. So he right. asked me to, Walk in in the morning, take, work out yourself and just shadow the coaches, whatever they're doing. We'll talk after three days. That's it. He didn't ask me to join. He didn't ask me what I what experience I had. And after three days of being there, I knew for sure that this is something which I wanted to learn and this is what I wanted to do. And after the, those three days, we had a conversation and he was, he knew that I was jobless. So I think mm-hmm. that was one of the best things or uh, uh, like, because you know you need someone who actually is into it. So after three, four days, I told him that, hey, I don't have a job. If you could give me an internship, that would be great. And for the next two to three months, I was interning there uh, as a receptionist. And my job was not to train people because I didn't know how to train people. And all I had to do was whoever walked into the gym, I had to explain what CrossFit is, why people do it, and what um, how the whole process goes. So that was basically like how it started for me.
0: Right. So, for people who do not know about CrossFit, or maybe who are just beginning to get into it, you explain that okay, it's a you have a trainer, you have ten to fifteen people, and uh, and they do some uh, kind of exercises. So, what are some of the things or exercises that are covered in CrossFit? Uh, if you could yeah. get into specifics just a bit.
1: Yeah. So, CrossFit is basically uh, fund so the fundamental movements. The, the reason why they call fundamental movements is because the movements that you do on your uh, day-to-day life like air squats is similar to sitting down on a chair deadlift is picking up something heavy off the floor like a rice bag or your kid, mm-hmm. and putting something on a shelf that is a shoulder press so there are all these movements that you do on a day-to-day basis which has been uh, accommodated or the so crossfit is basically the it, it's um, a program where um, they pick sports, pick movements from different uh, sports and they basically help you in your general physical preparedness. So Mm -hmm. they want you to be good at everything that you do. So if suppose you are chased by a dog on the road, you should be able to run for your (laughs) life. And at the same time, if you had to like pick up something heavy, help someone lift something, you should be good at that as well. So that's basically the concept of CrossFit. And in a CrossFit gym, you'll find a trainer who will help you out with the movements. And then mostly the most common movements that you find over there are like gymnastics. So in gymnastics, you have your air squats, pull-ups, push-ups, and weightlifting. And in weightlifting, you have powerlifting, which is your bench press, deadlift, and squat. Mm -hmm. And then you have Olympic lifts as well. So these are like different uh, sports where they pick up movements from, and then they create a workout program to make it interesting.
0: Right. So is there any, uh, is it, uh, from what I hear, it, everyone can do it, but is there a specific niche that it caters to? Is there a specific group of people that it caters to or it's just open for everyone?
1: It's, so there's no, that, that's the best part about CrossFit. Anybody can uh, just join the CrossFit gym and start training because every mm-hmm. exercise is scalable. So you might find when you enter the gym, you might find someone with about 10 years of experience training he could be lifting 100 kgs on a back squat, but mm-hmm. for someone who's joining in for the first time, they start with just air squat or with the PVC. So PVC is like a simple like lightweight just to practice the movement. So the coach is experienced and they are certified in scaling movements down based on the individual. So that is the best part. So. When, while I was training at x like 60 CrossFit, I've had sessions where I had someone who was 45, 50 years old and I had someone who were 17 years old as well. So they were like, right. like that was the like range of like, you can find different people in a CrossFit gym.
0: So really no age bar there. No. But in case, uh, like there would be some different uh, difference in terms of people, uh, for example, so for someone who's above 50. Whose body mobility has sort of decreased a bit and you know there are problems in their joints and I hear a lot <laughs> from my own family members yeah. so is there any sort of difficulty that you face in terms of you know uh, training them in general or ha- you know even a fundamental thing like learning a basic movement movement yeah. as compared to people who are young who are you know whose uh, cognitive development is taking place or they learn at a faster rate so do you see any differences uh, also in terms of recovery. So if you get injured, then yeah. what is the, uh, could you get into the specifics of the differences that you face with these age groups? sure. Awesome.
1: So whenever you have like uh, age group that uh, wide, like the, the difference is so wide. So there are definitely like categories. So if you have like say 10 people and you might find five people who are used to all the movements they have been training with you for a while. And these people are say from 25 to 35 age. And you sometimes you come across like one or two people who are in their 45 plus age and definitely their movement patterns will be way different from the when compared to others, but as a coach like this is what I was taught and how you scale things down is. First, you start with complete body weight exercises and the workout remains the same. It's just the movement pattern and range of motion changes. Mm -hmm. So if someone's doing an air squat by going below parallel, so they start with just like half squats maybe just by going to parallel and see how their responses and scaling things down that way. So that kind okay. of really depends upon the coach and his experience. on how it works. Right.
0: Right. So yeah, this is, this is one of the things that I didn't know about the CrossFit program. Yeah. And this is quite interesting that you get everything, you take everything and you scale it down according to people's needs and their, you know, yeah. age groups and their mobility or uh, sort of fitness, uh, movement patterns. I'm sorry. Yeah. So that, that is uh, something to really talk about or uh, even, you know, take up. So how, so what are the categories? Okay. I see one is CrossFit. What is the alternative? Are there other categories to this or how, how are the problems?
1: Mostly like one session, there are no, there there are no categories as such, Mm -hmm. but if there's a beginner, the, the whole focus will be on the beginner in the sense like they will get kind of like, so there's a skill session in each class. So before you even begin, there's a skill session where everyone is taught the skill once again. And based on how they are in their um, experience with fitness, they're kind of given that kind of attention during the training. And sometimes you'll have like a second coach in the class who will help you, who will help the people who are kind of like slow on learning a little bit.
0: Okay. All right. That's that's just like a normal class. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So, okay, let's just... Let's just go back to the basics, right? For people who are still thinking about onboarding onto fitness. And let's just go back and build a case for fitness. So, okay. you know, why should it be adopted, especially when increasing digitization is leading to mass adoption of work from home? Most of us are working from home. And what has done, what that has done is blurred the blurred the line between, you know, rest and work basically play, a work and play, right? Yeah. So that has sort of reduced those lines. And now that could lead to a lot of problems in, you know, a lot of physical problems. So as a trainer, I covered these things with one of my friends in the earlier podcast, but I want to learn from, I want to know from a trainer. What, first of all, what are the problems that can happen if you just leave your body be and yeah. not have any movements in your day or not have any workout in your day? what can happen and now if it's not too late what how can we basically start what can we basically start with so on to you
1: that makes sense. so for someone like who's been inactive for a long time what the major things which i come across is since ever since covid hit i've been training people online like like an, a year before covid started and the major thing that i've so I, the people who i train are mostly people in the night in the it industry who who work like long hours and they don't find time to work out and what i try my best to do is to figure out how i can get them to train at least 3 to 4 days a week so that some form of activity some form of physical activity can get some blood flowing in their body so just so that their the, their joints and all of like all the joints in their body don't start like because um the body starts like when you when you're inactive for a long time your body starts giving up on you so that's the reason why like when you do strength training you're basically building strength in your muscles and your joints so all of that is important and apart from having like a long like long work hours people also compromise on their food so that is like the two biggest pillars when it comes to training so that is something which i focus a lot on when i start to train people so the When you start balancing your diet and most Indian lifestyles, they're very carb dense. So I take it slow by helping them understand what is what the importance of protein is, how you can balance it step by step. So having not having a balanced diet, like everyone knows the um, like the main cause for death is obesity and like sugar is considered like the biggest reason for uh, all these like diseases that people come across so just giving them that awareness is the first step as a trainer is what I feel and uh, this and the objective is not to scare people but to help them realize that you know by training constantly or consistently for like four to five days a week can you know take uh, a big uh, would be a big step towards having a healthy lifestyle later in the in their lives
0: Right. So I'd like also like to get a little bit into the specifics of when you're not exercising, what's happening to your muscles, we know that something is happening with something bad is happening. But if, if you could get into that, in terms of what's happening to your muscles, what's happening to your joints, and what is that is the physical impact of that? I mean, you could get into a little science behind that.
1: Sure, sure. So when you're not uh, being active, right? So just to take an example of your legs. Now, if you're not training your quadriceps, your glutes, and your hamstrings by either doing squats, lunges, and all of that stuff, those muscles start to get weak. So suppose one day, like you decide to like sit down, and you know, and you realize that your knees start to hurt. Now, mm-hmm. the problem is not because of the knees being weak; it's because your you're the muscles that attach the knee, they start to get really weak over time mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you're not uh, using them that, you know. So if you look at like you, since you walk a lot, if you start walking, your calves and your ankles stay healthy, but your knees give up way too soon. If you look at patients like who are a little older, they have arthritis where most of the time it's the knees. People need knee hip, knee replacements, hip replacements, if you see like most of the people who you talk to. And right um, that happens because of like a lot of deficiency in your diet and the second thing is your training if you don't train uh, and you know keep your muscles strong that's kind of like uh, the reason why people start to you know have all these issues so right Mm -hmm. yeah
0: so Okay, I mean that is that is definitely insightful. And for people who are not still after one year of COVID and being at home, yeah. not you know getting into this, not adopting this lifestyle, I think it should be a a, a great uh, source of caution for them to start yeah. working. It's coming from a fitness trainer who knows more about this. So yes, I, definitely something that people should consider. Everyone should consider. And people who have considered it in the past should consider keeping it consistent and not. Yeah. Like dropping it in between. So, all right. So, there's another thing that I want to touch upon. And this is again for those people who want to get into this world of fitness. And it's about the barriers to entry. So, as a trainer, when you are uh, persuading someone or encouraging someone to get into fitness, what are the common excuses, first of all, that you hear from people? Yeah. Um, and what are also some of the reasonable barriers? you feel that people face in terms of getting on to fitness so reasonability yeah. and you know some uh, excuses yeah. that people give so anything uh, so the most uh,
1: the most common like i wouldn't say excuse but most uh, yeah like this is what i hear a lot especially when i was training uh, at xcc crossfit is when even though they enroll for a program it's the time that they are able to put into the program so if they suppose sign up for a morning session so they find reasons because obviously waking up in the morning is not the most easiest thing to do for most people. And yeah. um, the fact that they they feel like they need results instantaneously, like within 10, 15 days is what holds them back from coming, mm-hmm. you know? Because this the, the, the point that they've reached in their life where they had to like start training because either people told them that they're getting unhealthy or they look at themselves in the mirror and they realize that they need to start training. That hasn't happened in the last 15 days. They don't realize that it took them like 20 years, 20, 25 years to reach that point where they're facing this wall where they need to like take a decision. And that kind of like is a hard pill to swallow. And that kind of becomes an excuse that, hey, I don't see results. I've been training for the last 15, 20 days. So understanding that it takes time, it takes 8 to 12 weeks to see the smallest change. You know, and if you're training consistently, that's like the uh, biggest thing that people need to understand. That consistency is important. And if you try something new, whatever it is, it could be training, it could be new habit. You have to give it time. And what was the second question again? If um, where?
0: Uh, yeah, in terms of the reasonable, uh, you could say that okay, this is something that's reasonable. But you definitely can work around this. Yeah. But this seems, for for example, for some people. Uh, uh, Costs can be a very demotivating factor, right? Yes, yes. Spending a lot on your supplements, spending a lot on your gym subscriptions, that can be a demotivating factor. And yeah. yes, I, I feel that that's reasonable. So, how what's the work around that? Work around for that? What? How do you how do you convince people in that if that's the case?
1: Absolutely. So, if let's talk about the money part. If you have if you feel like the programs that you look into or you're interested in is expensive, and but you have to get something done. The simplest thing that you can start is by starting by walking. Yeah. You can take literally 15 minutes to start. And if you're an absolute beginner, you can start with 15 minutes of walking. Every week, you can add five minutes to your walking. And that walking could lead to jogging slowly. And, you know, building that up and eventually starting to run, like, say, 250 meters, where you feel comfortable with where you're at and then you keep progressively adding whatever you've been doing. So that is one thing I would recommend you start with something which does not cost. there's no cost in like cycling you don't have to pay any. if you can. Borrow a cycle from a friend, you can start with cycling if you can walk you can walk those are some things which you can do now, the second thing is. um, If you are someone who really wants to start, but then you look at these gyms and then they charge say. Seven thousand rupees per month, but you have to go there five days a week, but your work doesn't allow you to do that. It is absolutely fine to negotiate and ask for like two or three days or three days per week so that you know that okay, if you start with one or two days, even that is a big win because you're not used to training seven days a week, you know. And starting with one day, most people they, they want to jump into it too fast. They want they're like, Okay, if I'm gonna start, I'm gonna be like seven days a week i'm going to work out and if they miss one day they, they literally like beat themselves up for not doing it so my biggest recommendation is to take it slow start with one day per week if you're a complete beginner that'll be a big thing start next next week and start with two, week, two days per week and that is the whole idea because this thing will take time these habits will take time to build so i would recommend if someone is like difficult to if there's someone who cannot motivate themselves that often find a partner and start training slow and steadily. So mm-hmm. yeah so some things which I would recommend someone who genuinely wants to do it but because of barriers they you know, can't do
0: it. Yes. I feel like they also get intimidated a bit by what's being yeah. done in a gym or what the, you know, the sort of picture that's shown on either Instagram or on, you know, TV or any other place where, you know, they get intimidated by, oh, this, is this what we have to do? I mean, I can't do it. So they don't realize that the one who's doing it at that level started somewhere. They started from, from essentially zero. And yeah. now they are able to do this. So that's the same journey. And I think Making that easier or making that process look easier is, you know, a job of a trainer, which, yes, uh, I think they should put their trust on. Uh, To the point of, um, you know, to the point of time, right? When people say that they don't find the time, I mean, I think you're a good person to talk to regarding that because you said that with your program, you know, your specific niche or the group of people that you train are these people who are really busy. So your doctors, your IT people, IT folks all of these people who are really busy so if you can if you can carve out the time in their busy schedules if you can fit fitness into their schedules then right. i think uh, you know it's going to be a lot easier for other folks so yeah. in terms of time you know since you've been training such people uh, let's talk about that a bit when people say they don't have time how do you do that with these folks who are really
1: busy that so yeah so there are two categories of people uh, so there are people who are highly motivated and they just need a program to follow. For them, the program that I have is they train five days per week with Thursdays and Sundays as rest, and each session is no longer than 60 minutes. So you have a warm up, you have a strength workout, a conditioning workout, and then a cool down session. So the strength workout consists of movements that are slower in pace with more rest, whereas your conditioning workout is going to be slightly faster in pace, which gets your heart rate up and builds your stamina. So that's a 60-minute session. For someone, if, if I'm working with someone who has very less time they tell me, hey, Omar, I only have 30 minutes I can spend and what do you have for me? So what I tell them is, okay, days when you have only 30 minutes, you do the warm up, you do two rounds of the strength workout, you do two rounds of the conditioning workout, do the cool down, you're done in 30 minutes. Or you've, you wake up in the morning, you feel like you, you, you want to do a strength workout. Fine, do the warm up, do the strength workout, and then you finish it with the cool down. Similarly, if you feel like getting a sweat in, if you want to do a fast paced workout, they skip the strength workout and then do the conditioning. And sometimes it is okay to miss the workout. I don't, I do not give them a hard time for missing a workout because it is totally fine. Life happens. I miss workouts too. So just building that feeling in their heart that if they miss a workout, it is not a fail. It's a it's still a win because this is what I, I learned recently is that even when you miss a workout, ask yourself what is it that you did instead of the workout. Maybe you must have spent some time with your family, you know, maybe you got some work done which got you an appreciation at work, so that'll still consider as a win. Mm. So that's like a big thing which I try to incorporate in people that it's not, um, do or die, you know, yes, you slowly. Uh, get that into your routine so yeah that is what I would recommend and if if they if they still don't have time even 25 minutes 30 minutes I would ask them to go for a walk Mm -hmm. you know take a break from work go for a 10 minute walk that is still more than enough you know to start something
0: right so that's really interesting because what you're trying to essentially do is you're simplifying fitness for people who do not get the time right and that is something very insightful to look at now I would also like to get into You know, people who are really busy, and like you said, the the people, the kind of people that you're training. Now, is there a way that people can sort of incorporate those very basic movements into their entire routine? For example, if you are a busy person, but you still go to the loo, you still pee, you still get up to, uh, you know, uh, get up and have a break. So, for example, you put a, you design some cues into Mm -hmm. that, and be like, okay, every time I'm going to pee. I'm going to do a pull-up, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's just an example. Maybe you don't have a pull-up yeah. bar, but yeah. that's just an example. That makes sense, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: So that, that's something which is like a very good thing which you brought up because uh, there was, a, I remember this one time where one of my clients, she had a project that was due and she did not have even like five minutes to just spare for anything. Like right. even food is something which she had in front of the desk. So what I would tell her was, set up a timer for like half an hour or one hour, timer every one hour, you, you stand up and just do 10 air squats. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You know? Because when you sit down for long hours, like uh, there's a lot going on in your body. You, like Your hips start to get really stiff, your knees start wow. to get stiff and just by standing up and doing air squats will help you pump blood to your lower body, which will you know not only mm-hmm. help you with like strength it will also help you with you know your mobility so that is something which i would i would recommend like doing air squats now if you want to switch it up if you know that your entire week is going to be busy you can alternate with between upper body and lower body so say monday you're working on your squats you're working on your lunges tuesday you could do something up body. you could do you could do push-ups you could do pull-ups like you mentioned day three you could do skipping if you have a jump rope every one hour give yourself like 100 skips you know and similarly, you could pick Thursday as a core day. You could do crunches every one hour. So that if you build it up, so suppose if you're working for eight hours, and then you just do ten sit-ups every hour, that's eighty sit-ups at the end of the day. So right. that's that's the whole um, magic or like beauty about compounding. You just like keep. Mm. The yeah.
0: Yeah. No wonder it's a seventh wonder. Of, uh, eight wonder. Seventh wonder. Uh, yep. compounding of yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, but this is interesting. Why? Because I, I think I get a feeling that people do not wanna spend time, uh, you know, with fitness during their days, is because maybe they are thinking that you have to dedicate a large portion of your time for fitness. But yeah. you don't even have to do that. You just have to like, like, like we discussed. You have to set up cues. Every ten minutes, you get up, you do some push-ups or whatever you can do. You can incorporate that in patches of your day you do not de- need to dedicate a part of your uh, day uh, entirety so I, I think that simplifies it well for them as well
2: yeah,
0: yeah. right so uh, so this was about time the other thing was about uh, the other thing was about cost maybe right so we discussed yeah. about that at length now if someone wants to set up a Small their own personal gym at their home. What is the basic equipment that is not that costly? You know, uh, some basic equipment that's powerful, yet yeah. not costly that they can buy maybe, and they can you know start with that. Maybe oh, maybe yeah. that yeah.
1: That, that's beautiful that you brought that because ever since like COVID hit, like it's been a year and a half since yes huh. to like stay indoors. Yeah. Even I've switched my workouts to indoor workouts because uh, I've been training at the gym for three years now. And imagine like it's it's like a big shift. Mm-hmm. So if someone like for the simplest, like if someone's at a beginner level and they really want to start, I would, the first thing that I would recommend is to get a skipping rope or yeah. a speed rope. This is something which is very simple. We've all done it growing up. And if you have never tried it, this is the best time to learn how to skip. the second equipment is for a little bit between beginner and intermediate is to get lightweight dumbbells a -hmm. pair of dumbbells is like one of the most versatile versatile uh, equipments that you can own with which you can do a ton of movements like you name it like you could do weighted squats you could do glute bridges you could do some upper body movements like shoulder press floor press to work on your arms and even deadlifts so that's the second one the third one is a resistance band. So yeah. the resistance band is one of the most like fun movements that you can do for your lower body, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of like monster walks that you can do and uh, to activate your glutes and your hamstrings. Amazing. Uh, that's the third one. The fourth one is uh, a pull-up bar, like you mentioned earlier. That is something which, is, which I would recommend for someone who... Um, is into fitness and who wants to start working on either their hanging knee raises or their pull-ups, a lot of like gymnastic movements involved with <laughs> that. So these are like the four equipments that I would highly recommend someone. Uh, right
2: to to themselves.
0: No, that's wonderful because that will sort of lower that bar- at least that barrier for them. Right. And they can start anytime. Uh, this is good. This is good because I myself st- set up my own personal gym bought a pair of dumbbells and it was not at all costly and I can get so I have a kettlebell and it didn't cost me more than like I think it just cost me 700 so 5 kg kettlebell Mm -hmm. yeah and uh, from Amazon then I have these 5, 5 kgs dumbbell a pair of dumbbells Uh, I don't remember how much that cost me but definitely not a lot and I have a uh, like you said resistance band that uh, 2.5 kg plate I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's a plate. It's a 2.5 yeah. kg plate. Yeah. And I, I have a skipping rope. So that, I think oh, that. You basically <laughs>
2: most yeah. Of the
0: <laughs> yeah. So that is really helpful because at the end of the workout, I feel I feel very empowered. So yeah. yeah. And it was not at all costly. I bought them at the spaces of, at several spaces of time, but then definitely.
1: That really uh, like didn't like really. Simulating equipment. Yes. Instead of like, most people that do this, I've seen people do this during. Uh, the lockdown they invest everything into uh equipment and then they have this beautiful home gym but then they end up like feeling demotivated because they're not training you know? yeah they're not used to training so i feel like taking it slow like okay maybe starting with a pair of doubles okay yeah. working out for at least two weeks with that and then feeling confident that okay i'm doing good then investing in another one you know so yes it slow can also be like a really good motivate motivating factor
0: that was really helpful actually and it didn't even cost me much so i think everyone can do that so it's it's not really rocket science but you yeah. just need to know what works for you the best and then you need to know what wh- when can you or when you can adjust it or you know buy something according to your budget without like totally <laughs> taking it yeah. Yeah. off <laughs> so that's that's a very interesting discussion on like how people can actually uh, you know work around or do a work around around these problems that people usually face is one, yeah. your cost, your time. And third that I would li- like to get into is like, okay, someone could have all of these. They do, do not face a problem with cost. They do not face a problem with time, the motivation levels or to just to get them to do it, even yeah. when they're having everything. So let's, let's get it, get into that a bit.
1: So this is what I recommend someone who has everything, but they lack motivation is a to either find a partner who they can mm-hmm. rely on someone who they feel comfortable with that. Okay. If, cause sometimes it's easy, like everyone goes through this, like you, it's easy to convince yourself not to do something, but if there's someone else involved, if you are the per- person who feels like really anxious, when you have to let someone else down, you push yourself a little more. It's kind of, uh, and if it's your friend it works really well and they both you guys motivate each other second thing which i would recommend is getting a coach because most of the time what happens is if you have a full-blown like you have a good equipment like you have all the equipments you have the um, time it's always good to have a program someone who you can uh, who can keep you accountable you know to see because sometimes if like i've always had a teacher for everything new i learned and that person was someone who I looked up to someone who I didn't want to let down so that feeling can really help you motivate and like and if you have the right coach who motivates you the right way encourages you the right way and it just makes you feel even better you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so that is something which I think is a good try
0: right. that's no that's definitely there and I, I can vouch for that because you know, uh, for me specifically, whenever I used to go to the gym with my brother, I I, use, I was like, yes, every day we, I would be really excited. And when so, there's someone with you, you you know you feel like you feel more encouraged to get out there yeah. but when you're alone sometimes you can just you know and even when you tr- sometimes you know give yourself excuses for like for some particular day for some reason you don't want to go there the other person can definitely be like no you just have to get <laughs> up we promise to each other yeah. so no that's 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 very interesting Now, all right, I think we have covered barriers to entry. And thank you, Omar. Like, this was really insightful discussion on barriers to entry. So people out there, there's nothing that's stopping you. Yeah, Yeah. get started. Anyway, so now let's move on to you're also a nutrition consultant, right? Yeah. So, okay, let's let's begin by discussing a bit about the role of nutrition in optimizing for fitness. right? So, you know, for example, you could get a bit into uh, the role of macro and micronutrients into, yeah. you know, your fitness, uh, your meal plan or whatever that is. Yeah. I'm sorry, I do not know the exact words, yeah. uh, but could you get into that a bit?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. So like I mentioned, like, uh, there are four pillars, which I would say, or like three pillars, which are really important for you to have like a healthy lifestyle. The first one is movement, which we spoke about in depth. The second thing is nutrition making sure that your food which i'll get into a little more depth uh, later on the third one is like your stress and sleep i kind of consider them like both right. so you need to have a good balance with like these four things in order for you to see change there are there are most times where i've seen people work out really well seven days or like five six days a week but then they either fall short on either of these other pillars. Like they either, they eat, don't eat really well, they kind of overcompensate with what they eat. And, you know, sometimes they're eating well, they're working out well, but then they have a lot of stress with work, mm. sleep well. So right. that also affects negatively, like with your progress. So if I'm just talking about nutrition, if someone start like if someone reaches out for help, the first thing that I try to understand is their current routine I try to understand what their breakfast, what their lunch, what their dinner looks like, how their weekends look like when compared to their weekdays. And it kind of gives me a really good understanding of where the imbalance is. Most of the times, I'll tell you like a common thing, which I see is a very uh, like the, the if you look at the macronutrients like carbs, protein and fat, the carbohydrate intake is really high. Mm. You know, because of the work that you have, they kind of eat only like rice, roti, as Indians, that kind, that's kind yeah. of stuff here. So helping them understand that, OK, you can start with adding one protein source in each meal of yours. That could be a good start. And in a perfect world, having like a balanced plate would look like, OK, you know, you have about 40 percent carbohydrates, 30 percent protein and 30 percent fat. But I don't expect them to understand that from day one. What I try to help them out is, okay, can you start tracking your food in order to understand that, okay, suppose if you came to me and then your goal was to just lose weight, nothing else. So the only thing that can help you lose weight is to stay in a calorie deficit. Now, Uh the the first step that I help you with is to start tracking your food. So Mm -hmm. I use MyFitnessPal, which is like a very recognized app to track food track your calories so whatever you eat you weigh it and then you add it on my fitness pal. and the end, end of the day it'll tell you how many calories you consume so if you had to consume 1500 calories you have so if like your daily uh, energy expenditure is 1500 in order for you to lose weight you'll have to be in a calorie deficit so that will be around 1200
0: to 1300 ah uh, okay on a
1: consistent basis so that is priority number one to track your food Priority number two is to get your protein in your food. So <laughs> making sure that you increase your protein slowly and steadily, because I know people are not used to eating protein. Uh, so helping them understand what food sources are the best fit for them. It's very it's very fun. It's interesting because nowadays you hear like nutritionists and people who have worked with nutritionists, they give them diet charts. Diet charts is something which has like Like it doesn't work most of the time because, for if suppose a trainer is used to giving a certain diet plan, this is uh, not even like if suppose someone's used to eating like an Indian lifestyle, like a South Indian kind of a Uh, meal throughout the day and the trainer if they recommend something western that kind of happens most of the time Mm. grilled chicken sorted vegetables and they look healthy on paper but that's not natural to that particular person who's trying to lose weight right so understanding what their lifestyle is and even if you're suppose for breakfast you have a lot of idlis and dosas it is okay to continue eating that as long as you slowly step by step help them understand okay Even though you're eating idli, maybe you can add an egg, maybe you could add some of the other protein source to begin with, and then slowly help them build on top of that, you know, because it's difficult to expect them to completely change whatever they're eating, and then switch to the new diet plan, so that's why I help them give a blueprint of how their plate should look like, and what sources is something with what sources they can pick from. So I give them a list. So if they're vegetarian, I give them like a list of protein options and I ask them to pick three to four options that they enjoy or they've had in the past, which they can add slowly to their day. So no. that's kind of like my way of doing it, helping them like understand, okay, first you need to stay in a calorie deficit. Can you start tracking? And even tracking is something difficult that some people find it difficult. So they, I help them start like, okay, let's try with one day per week. Can you track your food once per week? and right. like it mm-hmm. On.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, now that, that is a very systematic, systematic approach because getting people to change everything in one go, in one day, yeah it's not ideal first of all you have to sort of acquaint them and acclimatize them to the yeah. process very slowly and then over the time you'll see that there are going to be a lot of results so yeah. that is definitely there but one thing that i wanted to get uh, talk, uh, a talk a bit more was on carbs right people say carbs are bad and uh, you know p- people think that that is not to be taken at all i uh, trust me i've seen i've heard a lot of people talking about carbs in a bad way I but i feel like carbs are important, uh, you know, in certain scenarios. Um, and now, for example, if you take it excessively, one of the things that I want to get into is what is happening to your body when you're taking carbs, and what's what's what is the harm that it's doing to your body. So I've heard somewhere basically like blood glucose fluctuation that can lead to a lot of problems. So yeah. things of that nature. Could you get into why carbs are harmful in that way? And second, what is the importance of carb Where should carbs? Where should actually our intake uh be high right yeah, yeah, yeah. all of those things so,
1: like like even i've heard a lot of people shame carbohydrates a lot. <laughs> yes. you know it kind of like becomes a part of their marketing strategy for someone mm-hmm. who's trying to sell their product or service they kind of like pick one thing which people can get on board with easily that is why they either shame <clears throat> carbohydrates sometimes you find them shaming fats even though those are not like really like hundred percent true the reason why people like would do that, you know, shame carbohydrates is because, yes, when you eat a lot of carbohydrates, like you mentioned, the glucose level in your body goes up. Mm-hmm. And that is the source of energy in your body. If your body does not spend that kind of energy, that is stored as fat in your, in your body in like very loose. Terms.
0: Simple terms. Yeah,
1: in simple terms. But if if you do not consume carbs on the other side of the spectrum, you find yourself with very less energy you don't have the energy to get your work done you don't have energy to walk around or play with your kids you basically are starving yourself from carbohydrates and like those that you basically like holding yourself back from the main energy source that your body needs so finding a balance in between that is what is what basically i try to teach people you know not to go towards the extremes like Keto diet is something which you also hear a lot about, which is a wonderful diet. Like if somebody wants to try keto diet, I definitely like would be like definitely going to give it a shot. But it is something which is an extreme diet, something which you would try if. So this is this is what I was reading about, and keto diet is a, is practiced by doctors for mm-hmm. cancer patients. That is a very effective um diet which helps them um you know with the whole process so you don't normal people like us who go to who have a nine of nine to five job they just have who just want to like have a healthy lifestyle they don't have to um practice extreme methods if you just start with balancing mm-hmm. your diet to begin with instead of having extreme carbohydrates balancing it with the right amount of protein and fat that would be a good place to start yeah.
0: right no, that's, that's definitely there. Um, yeah. For all those people who have sh- been shaving carbohydrates, shame on you. <laughs> learn, <laughs> learn the facts, get your fair facts straight. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. So one of the, uh, the other thing that is also talked a lot about is how sugar is ultimate poison. <laughs> Essentially, that's what they related to equate it with. So uh, salt and sugar, that's what a lot of people have started talking about and their role in your health or health issues. Yeah. So could you get into that also a little bit?
1: Yeah. So uh, with sugar, right? Sugar is something which I consider is present in like a lot of um, foods that like, you know, again, like it's, it's everything that we eat is converted to glucose. Mm. sugar is one of those foods that has the highest conversion like the glycemic index is the highest amount so if you are trying to get the highest amount of calories in the easiest way possible sugar is the way to go Mm -hmm. but the reason why people shame sugar so much is because of the consequences that they have and uh, the products that we consume they put in a lot of sugar in it without people like uh, aware, like even though like they do mention it in the nutrition labels of suppose if you pick like Pepsi or Coca Cola, so the amount of sugar that is uh, that that product has on it, it's way more than what you would consume on a daily basis. Oh. So that is the reason why. So if you if you pick like a can of Pepsi and it's if it's like a hundred ml uh, can, twenty five grams of it, twenty five ml is just sugar. So mm-hmm. that's close to, like, four to six uh, teaspoons of sugar, mm-hmm. uh, approximately. So the reason why people, like, even I recommend, you know, cutting down sugar as much as possible in your diet is because it is it is something which, you know, first of all, bumps up your calories significantly, and it's also not that great for your health, you know? Mm-hmm. like that's the, the, sugar is like the leading cause for like obesity and all your heart related diseases. So instead of like, so this is what I tell people who are, you know, used to eating a lot of sugar instead of cutting it completely, start with a like more uh, achievable goal, like cutting it by half or like slowly reducing it to a point where you're not consuming direct sugar or refined sugar. You could start with like fruits. You can have fruits. This would, This is basically I do like this three to one method so for someone who is trying to get started so three is basically three bottles of water per day two bowl uh, two fruits a day and uh, one bowl of salad so this is so for someone who is like really busy someone who does not have the time to do anything you can start with like these three things that would be the best and sugar is like you mentioned like that um, that's the whole uh, point of you know cutting down sugar so that you can slowly build better habits towards Uh, achieving your goal
0: right right and and the second one was salt they have there seems to be a lot of uh, hate towards salt as well so what is that all about
1: so the main uh, reason why people like they again like they shame salt is because of the sodium content Uh so so the only reason is that when you eat a lot of sodium right like it holds a lot of water weight in your body yep. that that also like uh helps you like feel that you're heavier uh, and that kind of like ha- like stops people from like uh, feeling good about themselves or even like they the, anything that anything in moderation is like the best way to go even for sodium
0: yeah. yes yes and i'm sure that we can get into a lot of detail on that but uh, let's just right. uh, keep the scope of the discussion to basics for now so that people don't get intimidated by this talk yeah.
1: They can definitely
0: start with something achievable and uh, something simple to start with mm-hmm. um, all right so one of the the other stuff that is very important like you mentioned was besides your nutrition besides your movement is your uh, you know rest and recovery yeah. and uh, so rest and recovery i would want to get into the role of warm up, cool down uh, and sleep in, you know, uh, what is the role of these three things in an effective training program? And especially let's cover, let's start with warm up and cool down because (laughs) I used to have this habit. I'm going to admit this, uh, that uh, I will do warm up, but then after my exercise is over, after a very hard session with the exercise, with my exercises, I would skip on the cool down part because I had to rush to, to my office. Right. So that would, all, all, you know, every day almost the tra- trainer would be, would pick me up the next day and be like, "You didn't, yeah. uh, you know, uh, basically do stretches and all of those things." Yeah. Yeah. So. I want you to emphasize on that as well, because I have faced problems with that, but I want you to yeah. emphasize as a trainer on the role of these two things yeah. uh, in your um, exercise program.
1: So, so warm-up is something which, uh, like you mentioned, right, people like take it for granted because it's it's kind of a boring part of the workout. Like The workout is like something, okay, you're lifting weights, that's kind of the interesting part, but warm-up is something that takes time. It takes mm. effort that goes into it. And the reason why people like most trainers, they put more emphasis on the warm-up is because it helps you get the blood flowing in the muscles that you might be using in the workout. So for example, if you're doing deadlifts on a particular session, right? So you need to get your hamstrings, your glutes, and your quads warmed up. Mm -hmm. So having like a specific warm-up just for your lower body is really important. So in order for you to because what happens is if suppose you're someone who lifts heavy and if you jump into the workout directly without warm-up you might so the muscles are uh in a state which is like you can call it like cold like the body is cold, cold. So you don't have like blood flowing in your muscles so it might people might end up injured so mm-hmm. i'm gonna have to take a break uh because i'm really sure. sweating. yeah
0: sure i'll just pause yeah. the video so sorry off you go
1: yeah. So, where were we again?
0: Um, Roll off, warm up, and cool down, and all that. Yes.
1: So, for so for the warm up, that is what I would highly recommend. So, understanding which muscle groups you're working on that day, and specifically doing body weight exercises that can help you activate those muscle groups. So, just to give you an example, like we were talking about deadlifts. So, you use you use your hamstrings and glutes. So, doing simple movements like air squats, body weight, good mornings. And glute bridges. Mm-hmm. So I would I would do anywhere from eight to ten repetitions of each exercise. Mm-hmm. Repeat it for three rounds. That would be like a good warm up set for a deadlift workout. And definitely, when you're lifting weights, it's always good to start with lighter weights and build it up to a moderate set where you can start counting your sets. So that's just just an example for your warm up. And for cool down, the reason why it's important to do a cool down session is because it uh, reduces post-workout soreness so uh-huh. when you do like any like deadlifts for example so doing like standing forward fold anything like just to stretch those muscles like your hamstrings and your glutes can really help you the next day because most reasons why people like skip workouts or like skip training is because the soreness is so uh, the muscle soreness is so significant that they come to decide to they just skip the workout but when you continue to work work out your, the muscle soreness like goes down you must have experienced like mm-hmm. old, you know, right? so those are the two important things to know about like warm up and cool down
0: right and and then the other thing would be rest basically yes. so uh, what, how, what's what's the rule of this is uh, this is something that i'm really fascinated with and i keep on discussing it also but i would like to speak it, speak about it at a length uh, and discuss it at length the rule of sleep or basic, mm-hmm. essentially rest or rest days even
1: yes.
0: uh, in your program.
1: Absolutely. So, rest days, according to the like most common rest days that you will find is either a three days on, one day off, two days on, one day off. So you'll, you'll be working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and then Thursday you take a break from working out, and then you do say Thursday, sorry, Friday, Saturday, and then you take Sunday off. Or you could be doing five days in a row. So Monday to Friday, and then you take two days off. It depends upon your style of training as well. So if you're into strength and conditioning, that is what I specify. And so this is m- the most easier way to do it is like for a beginner is the, the three days on one day off, then two days on one day off. So that's okay. the first structure which I follow. And the, the reason why we need rest days is because when you are using your muscles to train, you're basically breaking your muscle fibers and in order for it to repair, in order for you to get stronger, you need to give it rest for it to rebuild. Mm-hmm. That's where the whole concept of eating more protein comes into picture. Protein helps you with muscle synthesis. So mm-hmm. helping you rebuild those muscles will happen when you give it rest. Mm-hmm. So I would highly recommend, like if, if someone's like, Trying to build a program for themselves. So, splitting the muscle groups during the week is important. So, having like a lower body focus day on Monday, and then on Tuesday, you could have like a push session for your upper body. And then you keep switching in between upper and lower and push and pull movements. Mm-hmm. So just, to give, just to give you an example of push and pull, like having like doing bench press or push ups, like those are push movements, and pull movements are like doing pull ups or bent over rows they use different uh, muscle fibers even though they're both upper body movements that kind of like helps you uh, with the recovery now if you're talking about that that that's it that basically covers the rest days and if you're talking about rest when it comes to sleep the you must have heard about this about you know where you, you try to get seven to eight hours of sleep every night a
0: lot yeah yeah
1: so that is kind of like it's difficult, especially with the kind of work that people mm-hmm. have been doing. So starting with like half an hour increments of either trying to go to bed a little early or trying to wake up at the same time. So most people, they even though they like sleep really late, they even wake up late. So that mm-hmm. kind of like doesn't help with the recovery because you don't have the best sleep when the sun is up, you know, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of disturbance going around. So what I would highly recommend people do is like, if they have certain tasks that they end up doing late at the night when they're completely fatigued their brain is fatigued it's better to like take that one one and a half hour uh, off from night from the work that you do at night and put it at the early morning time so that's like something which i learned from Casey Neistat. studies like this really famous youtuber uh, uh-huh. and- yeah, so what he does is he picks those last couple of hours uh, of the day, and then he puts it at the early, like the starting of the day. So because oh. kind of like, when you wake up, that's the most fresh and like your brain's like really active at that time. So you can get a lot of work done. So six, like seven to eight hours of sleep is something which is really important for right. who's training, who's, you know
0: trying to get there. Yes, and I've heard that uh, proper sleep also helps you get your circadian rhythm right. Uh, Basically, rising up with the sun and sleeping with it, basically. And that can balance a lot of things for you if you are in sync with that rhythm. So yes, yes, that's definitely something to consider. Uh, Now, we've covered rest and recovery. We have covered warm-up and (laughs) cool-down. One particularly interesting topic is your injuries. And needless to say, if you're new to the world or even if you're uh, you know an experienced uh, trainer or a, uh, some someone who's been training for a long time yeah. you can there is, is going to be a day when your mind is somewhere else you're careless maybe you're being careless or you did something out of your adrenaline rush and you got yourself injured so 100%. first let's get around the misconceptions about dealing with those injuries that are most prevalent and how can people uh, s- sort of solve for that basically
1: so I think like uh, the biggest thing that people feel is that injuries are scary like they're definitely scary they seem scary but it is completely normal people who don't work out also get injured if you do not know how to walk you can enjoy yourself walking people yeah uh, people give me a reason for not training like we just why i hear that people get injured a lot that's why i don't want to train mm. So that's one of the biggest excuses I see but if someone doesn't know how to do what they're doing that is when they get injured and even like so people like the moment they get injured they have this uh, negative feeling about training all of a sudden so I this is what I recommend people doing is to learn about what uh, corrective exercises. so corrective exercise is basically movements that you can do or most of the time so let's take an example for like a knee injury so suppose if you have pain in your knee, right? So, most of the times it's not because of the knee, it's because of the muscles that connect the knee that mm. get stiff. Mm-hmm. So, using a foam roller, simple tools like using a foam roller, or lacrosse ball, which is like hot tennis, and rolling those muscles, researching about it, and then doing simple movements like simple corrective exercises can help you fix those pain areas. That's what physiotherapists and prehab um clinics that 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 is what they help you with so injuries are common everyone goes through even though someone who's not training if someone's just picking their kid up they can catch their back you know mm-hmm. it's as simple as that so there are movements like these like that you can do that you can perform that can help you build strength back so a lot of people who i work with they like like You know, they sometimes they either might have a bad posture at work, Mm. or they might, you know, have picked up something heavy, which they weren't supposed to, and they catch their back And First thing that you can do is assess the pain, how they feel about it. And if by giving it some time, most people, they give it too much time of rest, and they immediately get back to training. Yes. where they left off and then they again hurt themselves so what i would personally recommend is starting slow if suppose you hurt your lower body i would start training your upper body you don't have to stop training completely you can start doing mm-hmm. movements that uh, do not hurt that particular muscle group so if air squats and lunges are really painful when you when you do them like for the knees i would recommend starting with good mornings and something that doesn't Really push that push the knee. You can do monster walks like we discussed about, like resist with resistance band. So there are a lot of movements that you can do, uh, which can help you build those muscles um, by not hurting those knees, the hurting those muscle groups uh, further. So I would definitely recommend you know starting with that. So it's first thing is like yeah, you got to consult someone who is a specialist. Reach out to a physiotherapist instead of like you know immediately you know trying to fix it yourself or you know
0: yeah something like that so basically assessing the degree of the injury
1: yeah.
0: and uh reaching out to someone and sort of go for these corrective exercises okay one thing uh that led me to think about led that your this talk led me to think about is uh how uh, do you have some cross talk with the physiotherapists those guys out there like whatever you know do they tell you about something and you Uh, for example, you, you mentioned about the knees, right? These, this is how they are correcting for injuries in the knees, right? So is there some research that they, you know, these physiotherapists do and you guys have some crosstalk because you're fitness trainers and yes. So what are the things that you, uh, you know, what are the latest things or anything that you hear from those guys, from those physiotherapists to account for so that injury doesn't take place?
1: I know. So the the most common things that I come across is knee and back pain. You know, uh-huh. shoulder is also something which uh, you see, um, but not as much as these two. So whenever like I personally talk to someone who's a physiotherapist, so it's it's really interesting because uh, most trainers it, they they try to fix things themselves. Like in, like and <laughs> it's always good to like understand from their point of view because they're really like working with the client and then they really know what's going on so getting insight from them is really important in order to like structure your training the right way because you 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 cannot continue to have the same workout program when dealing with an injury so understanding what the physiotherapist is asking them to do and then planning your workouts as a coach uh, around that helps a lot so they might be doing similar movements which so i i so i've like uh learned a lot about corrective movements and how you could you know, do simple like foam rolling and stuff to mostly the stiff muscles, which you have. But that is something which is, uh, if someone's a client and right now, because we're like we're doing remote training, it's always good for them to do it in person with a physiotherapist, you know? So yeah, so as a trainer, I would recommend like getting, like, like talking to them in person, understanding what muscles that they're working on and see how you could, continue to train like without affecting those muscles in particular so that you can continue your training. So this is what I did once where I hurt my back. I started focusing mostly on my upper body strength. A lot of Mm -hmm. gymnastics, Try to stay away from weights, um, like not lifting heavy weights because that might affect the training for my back.
0: You know. Yes, I have heard that back injuries and knee injuries are especially really hard to get out of. And these uh, knee injuries in particular, I heard because I, uh, I like I said, in a, one of our earlier calls, I told you about how I had some problem with my knee uh, yeah. when I was involved in my own sport. And that knee, when I, when I started researching around that problem, that ACL tear or whatever that was, yeah. uh, I started hearing a lot about well you consult someone but the best thing is the thing is that it can stay on for life and uh, it could stay on for life so yes these are very uh, you know diff- difficult things and if someone a trainer who's you know is not talking with the physiotherapist out there who's really on, who really working on ground then i think it can be a little tad bit challenging for the for the person who's getting trained because
2: yeah.
0: uh, you try to give something or give them some info that you are not really sure about you're yeah. trying to just like give them suggestions but those don't really work and you end up just worsening the problems for them so yeah I think there should be crosstalk between and that's what yeah. I wanted to know like is there some crosstalk yeah. between those guys yeah. and you guys so yeah, yeah that's very interesting um yeah. so this is one uh, uh, injuries is one is there is there anything else about the world of injuries that people if you were to summarize because this is important yeah exercising and stuff okay they can do but injuries is something that you want to generally avoid so like yeah. on a very prescriptive basis if two three points you could just summarize for people and be like hey mm. yeah
1: so first i would like uh, so there's, there's a very uh, interesting concept so it has been proven uh, so the moment you hurt yourself, the first thing that people do and have been doing for the longest time is ice themselves, you know? Ice. So, yeah, so that, that reduces your inflammation, inflammation in your body. And I, I was reading an article which basically proved that theory false because when you hurt yourself and then you see that your body is getting inflamed, it's is the body's defense mechanism to, like, um, keep that, mu- like, muscle or, like, joint to... Uh, further like like you know damage so the inflammation kind of helps the whole process of healing and what i would recommend is like you know like definitely read about it a little more but i i uh, this is something which like uh, the articles that i've read has suggested that you know icing icing something icing it immediately when you hold yourself is not the like best way to go about it the second thing which i would do is give it some rest in the sense you don't have to like stop training like completely, because when you, it's, first of all, it's difficult to train in the first place if you have uh, difficulty with the motivation, so if you, like, hurt yourself, if you hurt your knee or something, that doesn't mean you cannot train other muscle groups, other uh, body parts, just to keep you going, you know, and assess, like, if if, if you're able to do other movements without pain, then I would highly recommend, like, continuing and making sure that you check it, check your injury with someone who is, you know qualified for that particular um, injury and third like the last point which i would say is really focus on your warm-up and cool dance because that is basically like your like you know like prevention is better than cure is what you say like you hear a lot so that is something which i would highly recommend finding a coach who can really uh, focus on the the warm up aspect of it making sure that the program is progressive and it it's specific it's very customized to your goals it's not something which you just start following blindly because that you saw that that person can get that person has like a very very good physique and then you just want to follow his program so having something customized to you will really help you in the long run kind of stay safe and also like continue to um, work consistently
0: right no yeah thank you for covering this discussion from both perse- per- perspectives as in how to be cautious, uh, uh, cautious when dealing with injuries not getting yourself into that uh, you know area in the first place yeah. and then second if you're if you have you can gotten yourself injured how to deal with it yeah. so yes that that is definitely uh, adds to a little bit of perspective for people out yeah. there uh, okay so another thing this uh, This is something that I have begun to research on, Uh, didn't get the time. So I thought it's the best time to ask you the role of breathing uh, while exercising, right? So I am told, and I do not know whether it's right or not, that you should not be breathing very heavily or through your mouth when you're exercising, because that can cause uh, certain troubles. So um, I do not know know how that is right. But what I want to understand is what's the role of breathing and regulation of your breathing Mm-hmm. when you're exercising how does that affect your uh, uh, fitness your exercise uh, exercises in that, that regard sense.
1: so if you like this is something which is very interesting for me as well because even i was curious about it because i wanted to know because I, I was i heard like different point of views where okay you're supposed to breathe only through your nose or you're supposed to only breathe through your mouth what is the right way to do it and the funny thing is the so there's this guy called Marcus Philly. So he is um, an accomplished uh, CrossFit Games athlete. And then he's also a, a nutritionist. And he uh, has like a lot of years of experience with rehab and training. So what he mentions is that when you go for a run, and like by like by the nature of your body, you automatically start breathing through your mouth. It's because the requirement of oxygen in your body increases. And it cannot be Um, fulfilled by just breathing through your nose that's why automatically you start breathing through your mouth it's um, it's like it's like your body's way of getting more oxygen into your body so if someone tells you like okay you cannot breathe through your mouth you only breathe through your nose your body will start like getting like you know so your body won't get enough oxygen because when you're running you're at a higher heart rate like your heart rate yeah. is and then so your body needs more oxygen your muscles need more oxygen so that's why you breathe heavy so that's the whole point so that's kind of like i hope uh, that kind of makes sense so even when you're training hard right in order for you to achieve more in certain amount of time having regulated breathing helps a lot um, especially to keep your heart rate in control so suppose if you're trying to find your fastest one kilometer race, one kilometer run. And if you're trying to really achieve a really close time, then having like a controlled breathing where you're having like a two second inhale, two second exhale can really help you control your heart rate in order to like, you know, do more in less time, something like that. So that is kind of like the whole breathing. No, that is
0: exactly the two sides of the picture when you mentioned that, right? Uh, The first point that you brought up that, you know, maybe it's just your natural uh, uh, way body's natural way to yes. get in more oxygen. But the one point that this, this guy, um, oxygen advantage is by whom? I forget his name, sorry. Yeah. So this guy made a point that there after a particular saturation level, after a particular level, if you breathe more, that doesn't really make a difference. So he laid out this point that breathing more is not really going to make, make a difference. So if it is, it is better if you can regulate it by just breathing through your nose, even when your exercise is tough. Okay. so yes i mean definitely something to research on and definitely something yeah. uh you know something to le- uh, leave our listeners with and maybe we can also come up you know a little more really? informed on that one yes uh but yes but what i what i discovered what i saw for myself is naturally i would open my mouth <laughs> whenever breathing yeah. heavily whenever exercising heavily but then over the time i uh, read this guy and i started i just started yeah. breathing through my nose no matter how intense the exercise would get and I r- realized that my body eventually got used to it so okay. now naturally I breathe through my nose <laughs> and I do not breathe in my bow- mouth yeah. so do not know what the benefits of that are or if that's hurting my body but yes like you said definitely something to think about and thank you for offering that perspective as well from yeah. we touched it from both the perspectives which is something that uh, people can uh, play around with yeah right so uh, the, this almost sums it up or sums it all up uh, but one thing that uh, the one additional stu- uh, thing that i want to discuss is uh, what are the latest technologies out there for people who are hardcore into fitness right naturally they would want to evolve they would be like okay what are the contraptions or what are the machine what is the machinery that i can put onto my body so for example I was going through a youtube channel and you had done a review of this complex wireless 2.0 uh, machinery yeah, so yeah. tell us uh, even though it was a two it was two years ago but tell us a bit about this and little about any you know technologies that you know out there in the market that people can who have money can you know yeah. buy
1: so so the, the video that you mentioned it so i made i make youtube videos where i review products and i Um, have some workout videos over there. So Compex is like an electronic muscle stimulator, which majorly is used for muscle recovery. And for uh, it's also used as a tool that helps you with recovery. So even physiotherapists use Compex or like any other electronic Mm -hmm. muscle stimulators. Like I mentioned, right? Like suppose if you hurt your knee and you cannot squat, you still would want to um, work on certain muscles like your quads or your calves so muscle stimulators helps uh, getting some blood uh, flowing into those muscles so that it kind of helps you with the recovery because that is that is one of the reasons like why you could own a muscle stimulator like it could you know if you're like a pro athlete like you know, you're either into running, swimming, or any uh, sport, as a matter of fact, it can really help you with like your post-workout, so it has, you know, help you um, with that particular aspect of training. I would mm-hmm. highly recommend that I, I, you know, muscle stimulators are something which is not really needed because they're really expensive mm-hmm. for someone who can afford it. Like I told you, pro athletes who really take their recovery seriously, I would highly recommend them, you know, checking them, checking them out. The other thing, like you mentioned, like electronic gadgets, is like so. I've been using like an Apple Watch for the past six months now, and definitely there there are certain things that are good about it, and certain things that I really like. You know, I'm not on board with. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about the cons first. So when you train, right? The, there's there's a you know, the the whole concept of calorie tracking okay, to see how many calories you've burned is. Uh, huge in today's world because people want to know how many calories you've burned. When they talk to someone, they're like, if I'm going to do this workout, how many calories am I going to burn? And that number is very inaccurate. Like there are a lot of things that goes into understanding and calculating how many calories you burn. And it's different for everyone. And it is proven that these um, trackers, right? Calorie trackers are like almost like 30% off like 30% off like by margin, like the accuracy rate. So that can either, so I'll give you an example. So f- for someone who's trying to lose weight and they have to be in like a 1500 calorie uh, daily intake and then they do a workout which says that you burn 700 calories. So what they do is, uh, okay, cool. I burned 700 calories. I'm gonna go eat 700 calories worth of food. But then if you look at the difference, the, the, the ratio of which it could be off, that mm-hmm. could lead him to be on a 300, 400 calorie. So, oh, yeah. so right. what I personally felt after using these, these are really good uh, equipments that you can own to keep you uh, consistent. So there are this thing called, like there, there are rings in Apple Watch where it mm-hmm. uh, track how long you've been standing. If there's mm-hmm. a standing bowl, if you've been moving, exercising. So there are like three three rings, mm-hmm. which I find is very motivating for you to like, keep like, uh, like a streak, it, it tracks your streak of how long you stood, you were standing for a day. So if you're trying to count your steps, I would highly recommend getting one of these trackers because it really helps you like achieve some goal. You know, you could start with say 2000 steps per day up mm-hmm. so people can start walking like i mentioned earlier in this podcast like if you have never den- done anything the best thing you can do is like start by walking and if you can get mm-hmm. one of these trackers it would really help you like count your steps and then give you like a more measurable goal to work on
0: right no yeah. but the point that you mentioned about no matter how useful these technologies are there's always a margin of error Absolutely. and that can also unnerve you know people a bit uh, because they're going to be like, Hey, what's wrong with me? One particular incident that happened with me only was I was, I was doing a normal workout. I was just warming up and suddenly my, uh, my watch, my Fitbit shows, uh, that my heart rate has reached 180 beats per minute. And that is like very, very high for my own level. Yeah. And obviously, there was not that was not the case. I found out later. It's just that I don't know what happened at that moment that gave me and I got really nervous. I got so anxious. I'm like, what's wrong with me? What's happening with me? And that only induced a bit of nausea in me that thing itself that, you know, worry itself. Yeah. Whereas there was nothing to really worry about. It was just yeah. like, yeah, so these things can really be, throw people off. So good thing that you mentioned that, yeah, there's the margin of error needs to be considered. Yeah. Don't get anxious. Yeah. Maybe gl- get a blood test done or maybe consult a doctor. Uh, yeah. That's much more, slightly better than this. Yeah. So yeah, that, that it is it definitely. Like, uh,
1: something that which I feel is important is like, if you're trying to like track calories and staying in a calorie deficit, I wouldn't consider the calories that you see on the on the watch. Don't mm-hmm. consider it in, in the first place. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you need to eat what you're eating, right? and then, like, track whatever you eat that you're tracking, because this could be, like, off by a big margin. So you wouldn't want to, like, depend on it, because mm-hmm. you might see results that are not something which you expect at the end of the day.
0: No, that's 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 great. Thank you for providing that insight. Yeah. Uh, yes, and yes, definitely one point that I'd like to call out that you discussed or that you talked about is difference between uh, the training routines of a pro athlete and a different and, and a normal person who's just getting started out and who just needs to induce a couple of moments in their uh, routine. And people often. Start doing stuff that the pro athlete, uh, pro athletes do. They start copying them, and that gets them into a lot of troubles that can cause like yeah. other pr- problems. So be aware of that. I've covered this in the last, uh, in my third podcast, uh, a bit about how it can induce inflammation and can be harmful for you if you work out at that intense of a level when you don't need to. No. So yes. Uh, so Omar, regarding the fitness thing, this entire talk that we had. If you were to sort of, because people, you know, like prescriptions, they like things delivered to them in points, Uh, right? So if you were to sort of summarize, uh, you know, if you were to want them to take a a key takeaway from this talk, what would those uh, three or four things look like, right? So, yeah.
1: So okay, so what I would like break it down is with the four, the three pillars that we spoke about, right? So if you're looking at training, and if you are a complete beginner, start with something easy. Start with something that you enjoy doing. It could, it doesn't have to be a particular workout routine. You could do any form of fitness, whether it's Zumba, it could be um, spinning, it could be cycling, running, whatever you enjoy. So ask yourself what you enjoy. If you have no idea what you enjoy do trial and error. Try different different formats (laughs) of training and then find whatever you like the most and which you feel that you can stay consistent with. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. Second thing, when it comes to nutrition, ask yourself if like, I would recommend knowing a little bit about macronutrients and micronutrients, like learn what carbs, protein and fat or which food sources have those particular macros and try to achieve balance in your diet. So most of the times, people end up being in a very high calorie, like they eat a lot of calorie dense foods, like sorry, carbohydrate dense foods. So try to have balance, trying to start with like balancing your protein and, you know, getting your fat and your vegetables in place, starting, continue eating whatever you're eating, just try to um, find some balance by, you know, either bringing the carbohydrates down, increasing the protein. So having a balanced diet helps a lot. And with sleep and stress, you know, definitely there are certain things that are under your control certain things that are not work stress is something you cannot control yes. What you can control is maybe you know trying to go to bed early or trying mm. to you know give yourself that six to eight hour sleeping window and making sure that you're not uh stressed like missing out on sleep because when you don't sleep well your nutrition your workouts get affected so that's the one thing which i would kind of like summarize it so start slow start somewhere and if you find yourself completely confused find someone who can help you out so teach, like a teacher is always a good place to start because if you're uh if you're busy if you cannot program your own workouts find someone who can help you with that help you with your nutrition
0: right right yeah. uh also uh you ha- you are a freelancer in the world of fitness right you have your yeah. own programs uh, talk a little bit about that and what is Something unique that you're trying to offer through your program. Program.
1: So, so I've been uh, training people for over four years now, and uh, over the past two years, I've uh, started like my own um, business where I I wouldn't call it like. So basically, I became a freelance trainer. So I train people uh with like helping them with their customized workouts and give them like a nutrition program that they can stick to you know and both of these things are customized to that particular individual so like we were talking about people having different professions different Mm -hmm. um, lifestyles and having a workout program specific to them helps a lot so that is what I do I uh, talk to them personally I design a program that they can stick to, whether it is, you know, if they have equipment, if they don't have equipment, if they have access to a full gym, anything, uh, whatever equipment they have available, I design workouts around that, and um, yeah, even with your nutrition, everyone has a different challenge that they're having, so most, I've had people who um, had knowledge about everything, they even had experience tracking calories but they hit a plateau so mm-hmm. in order for me to understand why they hit a plateau was something which i helped them out with mm-hmm. so it turned out that they were consuming more fat foods which was actually getting them on a calorie surplus that's the reason why they wouldn't they weren't like losing weight so customizing and talking to them in person understanding what their challenge is that is what basically like i uh helped them out with so yeah, that's that's so it. basically
0: you make a fitness achievable for people, and which is the need of the hour also because uh, with the increased digitization, like I mentioned, uh, there is a complete influx of so much information onto the digital landscape, and people. The one most common thing that you know before this podcast, I was trying to gauge uh, the kind of things that I can ask you through people. So yeah. one thing that I uh, you know came across a lot of like heard a lot from people was you know, we do not know where to start from because it's so complex out there. There's so much information out there. Very few people are doing a good job at condensing that information and making fitness achievable, which I believe you're trying to do uh, with your program. And this is what makes it unique in a sense that people are not doing. People are just inundated with so much information. And yes, so we need more people like you who can condense this and make it more achievable, make it more doable so that people can live sustainable lives sustainably healthy lives yes. so that is that is definitely I wonderful so that that <laughs> yes uh, a little bit about your personal life uh you also i i in the last two three stories i've been i've been noticing <laughs> that you have you are a plants man you love plants yes. and i can see it in your background as well so, yeah.
1: so i've had <laughs> so this uh, obsession with plants like about six months ago so my mom mm-hmm. has like she's she also mm-hmm. has a, a you I, I think you can call it a hobby so no. I started like uh, reading about it and see what plants you could actually keep at your place without killing them easily so uh-huh. uh, yeah so that, that, that's one of the things that I feel like has made me like a better person because you have to understand uh even with plants like there's so much that goes into it about the how much water you're supposed to take what kind of soil that you're supposed to use mm-hmm. so and like it changes the way your apartment looks like it gives you much because I live by myself so it's always fun to like uh, have something that you can take care of so right. I've been doing that and I'm, I'm also like you know I love like coffee the whole process of making yes uh-huh. and uh, yeah if you follow me on, on Instagram you'll feel you'll see a lot of like videos of me making coffee, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, buying new plants all the time. So that's kind (laughs) of...
0: right if i'm not doing fitness yeah you can see me making coffee or buying plants yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. that was really interesting and i would like to get into you know personally i would like to get into uh, that a bit myself yeah. but i think yes I, we have had a pretty long comprehensive and uh, interesting conversation around fitness and this is something that uh, you know omar has omar has already uh, listed out everything for you he has already told, uh, you know spoken a lot about this so where can people find you omar
1: so you can so i'm mostly active on instagram so you can find me uh this is my username it's moving underscore omar so it's m-o-b-i-n-g underscore o-m-e-r so that's my instagram handle so yeah you can uh, reach me out over there if you have any questions regarding like how to start training or if you would just want to get on a call with me trying to understand and talk about what is it that you're struggling in, struggling with, and how I could, you know, maybe give you either suggestions, or if you're like, you know, direct you to the right way, or to the right person, I would love to do that. So yeah.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Omar. I really hope more and more people get onboarded onto your fitness program, or fitness in general. And it was really lovely to have you. And it was lovely to know you, uh, because it's only last week that we Uh, had a chat with each other and you know uh came to know about a little a little about each other so really nice having you on the podcast i'm sure you're going to add a lot of value and
1: inviting me to be a part of the podcast and it was really like fun because this was my first podcast and i'm really (laughs) happy
0: yes true indeed so all right see you man goodbye everybody goodbye